TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to today's podcast. Now, I have to say to you, we're all sitting around. We're at Kim's place this morning. It's bright and early, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a rainy day, so it's a perfect day to be doing a podcast and share our, our insights with you. I'm really, really fascinated to go through today's topic, which is all about cholesterol mm. and the absolute sham that it is. I, you know, I get so excited when Cindy reveals something fabulous like this. I do get quite excited, almost about to wet my pants. Yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. Because I have, I have my own little story about this. You know, I have a um, one of my very, very best friends has had um, a life of lots of sugars and. Um, you know, high-fat, normal diet foods, like the normal Australian diet. Anyway, the SAD diet, we call it. The standard Australian diet stands for SAD. <laughs> it, look, it's very sad. It's very, very sad. But having said that, my diet and his diet, almost identical as we were growing up as kids. And um, this particular friend of mine, um, and he's just, oh, God, I just love him to bits, and he went and got some uh, cholesterol tests done. He just went and got a, an average checkup. And he went and got cholesterol done. And the cholesterol, forgive me if I've not got this correct, but his cholesterol was at 11. And he was, I think that it was supposed to be a 4 or something. I'm not, I, I, and forgive me if I've got that wrong. No, no, you, you, you've, got, you've got it right. Um, like they have lows and highs and, and what is, is in the danger zone. And 11 is definitely what they would assume to be in the danger zone. Yes. Yeah, so well, instantly he went straight on to um, statins. Yeah, the drugs that he had to take. But now here's the fascinating thing. We had a conversation many, many moons ago about his diet because I think it would have been just when I met you. Um, so we had a conversation about his diet, and I said, look, I don't actually know too much about this. I'm only just starting to dip my toe in the water, and it's terribly confronting for me, oh, me who lives on, um, you know, snakes alive and <laughs> at that time. Yeah, at, back then, and Cadbury's and, you know, all of that. And he's just, he what he actually did, he left his diet the same because all of his family was doing the whole diet, the normal diet thing that he was used to doing because we don't know any better. Mm. So he just replaced all of the sugar in his diet with fruits. So instead of having chocolates and chips and ice creams and stuff, he just went, okay, I'll just try some fruits. Oh, okay. And so amazing um, because you can only eat so much fruit and then, you know, you kind of can't eat it anymore. Mm. What he actually found when he went back to get his testing done, he went from 11 to 6 within a couple of weeks. Mm, interesting. And now I think he's, I think the last time he got tested he was like at a 3 or a 2 or something and he hasn't actually taken the drugs. He took the drugs for a week. Wow. He took the drugs for a week, but he found how that he felt on the drugs was too disturbing to him. And whether that was psychosomatic or whether that was an actual response to the drug, we don't know. But he felt that it was too much for him because he'd never taken drugs before. It was too, the impact on it was too much. So that's where he did the fruits. His cholesterol dropped and he was perfectly fine. But what he felt was that, or what he discovered was that he could control it all himself with ease. Mm. And what he said to me, this was really fascinating. He said to me, he didn't feel any different from a cholesterol, what with his cholesterol when it was higher or lower, mm-hmm. he didn't feel any difference. Mm-hmm. What's that? I mean, how come he wouldn't feel any different? I think you'll find that a lot of blood tests are taken to direct you to medications. If you look at a lot of the blood tests that are out there, like they are life-saving, some of them. But this one in particular, the, the one about cholesterol, is more about, okay, let's see what number we can, which, which is safe. That, that, that's the whole idea. Let's explain first um, what they're looking at. So they test for cholesterol, which is total cholesterol. And total cholesterol means that it's the addition of LDL, HDL, VLDLs, and all the fats that are in, in the blood. Okay, so, so just... just... We'll go back through it, I promise you. Okay, yeah. cool. All but right. I just want to give a um, why. You lost, you lost me at hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go back through that. Yeah, but just ASAP. To... <laughs> yeah, you lost me at LOL. Um, yeah, L- OMG. 
<laughs> OMFG. Yeah. LFM. What were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> was it LOL we were talking about? Or was it OMG? LDL and HDL. Oh, is that what we're talking about? Can you stay on track, please, Okay, fine. So anyway, um, so they test for cholesterol and most doctors will go, well, your cholesterol's high. But it, because it adds up to a whole bunch of fat that make total cholesterol, you've got to look, there are some that they say are good. And I, when I say they say are good, I'm saying um, the community that says that we should be on statin drugs because of a certain amount. So you've got to realise that one of the ones that they say is good is HDL. And if that's high, then that's going to bring your cholesterol up higher. See, see what I'm talking mm. about there. So, so does oh, so the HDL affects the LDL and vice versa? No, it just all it does is it's the reading for cholesterol. Is oh. part part of the reading for cholesterol is HDL, LDL, VLDLs, etc. And the the thoughts are the the thought that got me was, well, if HDL's high because that's a good thing, you want your HDL high. Um, as according to um, the research at the moment, um, or, or the research that lends you towards statin drugs. And I've got to, I want to qualify that because there is two lots of research out there, one that says one thing and one that says another. Um, and one, of course, is particularly picked out for the drug company so that they can push their statin drugs. And the other one is a plethora of research that's saying, hang on, what you're saying is not right. In actual fact, it's completely wrong. So we'll just stick to this cholesterol reading. So the cholesterol reading could be 11, but what if his HDL was really high, which meant that was the the stuff that um, does the opposite to LDL. Um, And HDL actually takes um, cholesterol from your tissues, puts it into the liver for storage for future use. LDL does the exact opposite, takes it from the liver and puts it into the tissues for use. And they are a homeostatic type of mechanism. What actually is cholesterol? Well, it's a fat. It, cholesterol's a fat that builds brain tissue, that builds um, structure of the cells. 50% of the cell membranes need cholesterol. It makes vitamin D. It makes um, so it's a good cortisol. Food. Oh, gosh, so, it's a, it's a superfood to me. Yeah. So, But why do they say there's bad cholesterol? Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing that always got me as I went, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol? How can there be things in the body that are homeostatic mechanism and one's good and one's bad? Mm. They both are required. One's required for storage because we don't need as much as you've got now. Let's put it into storage. So in the ways of science, the way they thought about it was that they looked down the barrel of a microscope and they saw in the plaques of the blood vessels, of 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 the walls of blood vessels, they saw in the plaques, which is the beginning of heart disease and stroke, which is called arteriosclerosis or atherosclerosis, they saw cholesterol. So they went, there's the problem. Well, there's the problem. Cholesterol's a problem. Let's take cholesterol out of the diet. Let's take cholesterol out of the blood vessels and everyone will be happy and there'll be no more plaques. But that's a little bit like this. You, um, and I think we've already talked about this, mm. but I'll say it again. You're from outer space, mm. basically. Um, you come to earth, you see the blue and red lights that are flying around everywhere in all the hot spots in a major city, you know, the red and blue lights that are um, police, police, the red and blue lights that are an ambulance, fire, you know, domestics are happening. There's all these red and blue lights and you go, well, the red and blue lights are the problem. Let's take that out of the equation and the world will be a better place. Will it be? No. No. Got it. No. Got it. Understand. So the cholesterol is the cop. The cholesterol goes to the damage in the blood vessel and says, we need to fix this. But you keep damaging it. The cholesterol keeps laying down and trying to fix it and its inflammation. And, of course, we looked down the barrel and said, cholesterol's a problem, and then that's where cholesterol became the bad. Surely would have seen a bunch of other stuff there as well as cholesterol. I mean, surely science isn't that limiting. Surely you don't just look at the superficial, don't you? I mean, do they? Well, I've... What, where it all started was, and, and let's let's go back again, um, back a bit. Um, where it all stand, started was with epidemiological studies. So there was the Framingham study, and there was a study um, called the Six um, Country Study, and the Seven Country Study by uh, a gentleman by the name of Ansel Keys. Mm-hmm. Ansel Keys was um, a researcher that also put together um, the K ration for the army. So to produce the K ration for the army, he couldn't put eggs and bacon in. He couldn't for their breakfast, so he had to put something in that would be preserved. And so he started to put the breakfast cereals in. So he had a link with, you know, the cereal manufacturers. 
So once he'd finished, this was in World War II, so once he'd finished the K-ration and, and, and done all that, he, he started to do research and he noticed when he got back to, you know, when everybody came back to America, all the army um, came back to America and um, smoking became something that was um, done more than it had ever been done before. Pregnant women were smoking. Well, because my it, grandmother, I think I've said this on a previous podcast, she my grandmother was advised by her doctor to take up smoking as mm-hmm. a form of stress release when her husband was in the war. Yeah. And that's when grandma started smoking on advice of her doctor. Imagine that today. Wow. And the K-ration had cigarettes. Wow. So everyone became addicted to the cigarettes and everybody was smoking and nobody saw it as a problem. Heart disease started to increase. So, and so Keyes took it on himself to do a study to see what was causing heart disease. Didn't look at the smoking, didn't look at the refined foods that were happening out there. Wow. So he did an epidemiological study where he looked at 22 countries. But the 22 countries didn't support his belief and he, he had this belief that it had something to do with fat. So these countries, the 22 countries did not support his belief, so he picked the six out that did, and that was called the six-country study. He presented it at a symposium, and they laughed him out. They said, bacon and eggs is the way we've always eaten. It's the way it's going to be. But he was so convinced that fat was the problem with heart disease that he did another epidemiological study on another group of countries and selected seven countries out of that, and that was the seven-country study, which became the famed Ansel Keys study, which convinced the American Heart Foundation that fat was the problem. Wow. Wow. And, and so this started back in the 50s. You know, he was on the front page of Time magazine. But he did say this, that the cholesterol that we consume has nothing to do with the cholesterol that is in your blood system. And yet the Heart Foundation, British Heart Foundation, the American Heart Foundation, the Australian Heart Foundation all took cholesterol out of the diet as part of the motivation to prevent heart disease. Then saturated fats also got a bad rap because of this whole, um, these all these studies including the Framingham and the Ansel Keys study. So the, the, it had been, all, the ball had already been put into court. Things were happening. Uh, and then um, by the 80s, cholesterol became something um, that was an issue because there were two scientists that got the Nobel Prize for finding the gene that caused um, hypercholesteremia, which means high cholesterol, limit, cholesterol in your blood. So that's basically they got the Nobel Prize, then statin drugs came in, and then, you know, people were tested for cholesterol. In 1995... 3% of the population over the age of 45 were on statin drugs. Get out. 3%, that's it, over the age of 45. By 2010, I think it's 35% of the population is now on statin drugs because they changed the cholesterol reading to be, to be safer at a lower limit. And then I saw a couple of years ago, exactly... And then I saw a couple of years ago, the girls are in, in a gasp at the moment, but then I saw a couple of years ago that it was suggested that all people over the age of 45, I think it was, should be on statin drugs. That was the suggestion, that it was a safe, it was safe, it would prevent heart disease, um, and it was the best thing that could happen. So this is the whole history. And, you know, it is the biggest selling drug. They make, in America alone, I think it's $80 billion, I think the market is. Um, in statin drugs, Kim's looking it up, but it's it's huge. How much money is being made in euros, in um, mm. in pounds, in the American dollar, in the Australian dollar? The amount of people that are now on statin drugs, it's a huge industry. They, they don't want to stop this. I have this wonderful quote, and it's a quote by a medical doctor who wrote the book Panic Nation, and his name is Dr. Malcolm Kendrick, and he said this. The cholesterol hypothesis can be likened to a cathedral built on a bog. Rather than admit they made a horrible mistake and let it sink, the builders decided to try and keep the cathedral afloat at all costs. Each time a crack appeared, a new buttress was built. Then further buttresses were built to support the original buttress. <laughs> and that's what's happening at the moment, is that we, we actually, we're actually seeing the cracks in this. We're, we're realising that there is no link between saturated fat and cholesterol in heart disease. In actual fact, the link is um, the high carbohydrates that, that we now consume um, and the 
increase in our sugar level, which causes an increase in insulin level, which over time causes insulin resistance, which then causes visceral fat, you know, a big tummy starts to show, which then causes diabetes. All of this increases your triglycerides and um, causes problems with your cholesterol. So, you know, this is the history of... Okay, of so it. it's 35 billion. Oh, it's 35 billion. 35 billion. In the US? In the US alone. So it must be an 80 billion worldwide. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. I was doing some um, research last night for another podcast um, on depression, and they were saying that um, antidepressants are the most highly sold drug in the world behind cholesterol drugs. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here completely no. gobsmacked that you know this. Mm-hmm. Now we times, know this. How many times do we do this? Yeah, I know. You know, I know we I both know, sit know. here going. But how come? How come nobody's going to the pharmaceutical company saying, "You pack of absolute liars! How dare you swindle us out of quality of life?" They get shot. Well, what are you taken out? But what if, like, I mean, surely there's a whole band of people like us that... Yeah. It's growing. How, do they, how dare they? But it's, I'm furious. I, know, I, know. I am furious about this. Mm. And especially when you see a bunch of innocent people who may even have healthy cholesterol levels are put onto medications that maybe they don't even... Maybe it's just a change in some of the foods they're eating. Well, did you know that uh, if you have your cholesterol tested... That a week later, without changing your diet, you could have a cholesterol reading lower hmm. at 1.8 lower, which if you're, let's say 6.1 is the danger zone, as they call it, you must be on cholesterol-lowering drugs, as the medical fraternity sees it. The next week, it could be 1.8 lower, which puts you into that, you're brilliant, your cholesterol's yeah, great. And that's one week later. And sometimes it can change within 24 hours. Well, of course, depending on what we eat. And what yeah. we're, I mean, my mum did that. My mum went on, um, she went to the doctor and got all the tests as well. And they put her in the danger zone. They said to her to take cholesterol drugs. Did she? she? No. Yeah. No, she refused point blank to do it. And um, I think she went back a month later. And she was perfectly fine. And then she's been back every couple of weeks just to test. Yeah. She's been totally fine. She didn't, she didn't do anything. Shouldn't change anything. So if you're stressed, your cholesterol will come up because you need to make more cortisol. If you um, have an immune system um, problem um, where you need more vitamin D, um, or uh, um, then your cholesterol will be up. If you need more or estrogen or progesterone or all of the hormones, if you need more of those, your cholesterol will come up in your blood system. Because remember I said to you in the beginning that we have HDL that takes it to the liver for storage. Yeah. Well, then it has to release it when there's a need for it. Yeah. So it brings it out again. And what if you get your blood tested when you need it, such as you are stressed, you have an immune system you know, issue. Mm. So the whole, the whole thing about cholesterol is that they haven't... They're looking at it as a disease. It's not a disease, it's a marker. Uh-huh. But is it a marker for heart disease? But it's saying in here the side effects of certain drugs. Oh, yes, go do it, read them. <laughs> they're they're quite I'm interesting. fascinated by that. that. Some of them are chronic aches and pains, numbness, weakness, confusion, fatigue, shortness of breath, and heart failure. Oh, that's a good one. I like that I one. I like that one. You know, when you go to the States and you watch their ads and they just constantly advertising medications, they'll always have, do not take this drug if you are lactating, if you are pregnant, if you are wanting to have babies, if you are human and if you breathe. <laughs> so what, Unbelievable. What will happen is that people have you heard of the, are convinced. Go on. A book yep. called Statin Drugs, The Side Effects, and a couple of doctors have written it, but... And the misguided war misguided on war cholesterol. cholesterol. And there is a movie called Staten Nation. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Um, Have you seen it? it? I've seen it. It's brilliant. I saw it. Um, I love now that they release documentaries and they release them for free for a week. Yes. So yeah. I watch it. Um, I watched it then. Uh, I didn't realise it was free for the week. I thought it was free for always, and I put it on my Facebook page and I said, "Everybody, watch this. This is amazing because it explains what I talk about in my report." And, um, and so I watch it. I was, I just kept going, how have we been so duped? How have we been duped into believing that this is okay? That, you know, you know, there's only one 
group of people that will benefit from statin drugs. And they are men. You have to be a man. You have to smoke. Um, you don't want to change your diet. You have no, no reason. To, you do not want to change your lifestyle, basically, and you've had a heart attack. They're the ones that they say are a good category to go on statin drugs. Other than that, uh, they say that there is no other group that benefits from the result of going on statin drugs. So you're saying to go on to drugs, a drug like that, you need to be irresponsible, <laughs> um, don't give a rat about your health, couldn't give to her and, and in many ways that's what a lot of people do in all mm. honesty they want to go and take a tablet to have Absolutely. the problem fixed they're not taking responsibility for mm. their own health and well and the choices they're making mm. Cindy this is actually making me feel quite sick the thing is is I think um, what you have to realize is that doctors are not taught nutrition this is what they're taught and in their defense um, they know no better uh, unless they go out and research it. So I was... Well, and this is a doctor that's written this book alone. Exactly. So some doctors must question the norm. They are questioning that. it. More and more are questioning it. And, and that's a good thing, is that, you know, because most people, most people um, go into the field of being, becoming a doctor, do it because they want to help people. And when they see they're not helping people, then they start to research. Like, one of my favourite doctors is Dr. Kate Shanahan. Um, and I love listening to her because she was a, a doctor that wanted to help people and wanted to do things for people. And then all of a sudden she had a sickness herself and was thrown into a situation where drugs were not helping her. And the only thing that helped her was diet. And then all of a sudden she started to look at all these other um, things that she was giving to people and realized that diet was going to help mm. a, a lot of things. The thing is, is if let's give the patient the opportunity yeah. Instead of saying, your cholesterol seven, you're going to have a heart attack tomorrow. And, and I know that they say this because um, Howard, at the age of 40, decided to go and get a general checkup. So he got a general checkup, had his blood taken, and his cholesterol was at a, a higher level than it should be. And I think it was like 5.5, which I look at it now and the knowledge I have now, I just kind of go, well, you would never even balk at that. So it was at 5.5. And he, the guy said, well, you have a 40% chance of dying of a heart attack tomorrow. This is what they said to Howard. Wow. 40% chance. And so Howard came home to me and said it. And I said, well, let's really look at your diet. Let's really look at what you're eating. And um, Because, you know, he likes, he loves sweet things. So we looked at it and he went back, I don't know, a little while later and it was lower. But it, it should never have been told that he had a 40% chance of dying of a heart attack tomorrow. That's fear. You know, and the thing is, is to say, look, are you prepared to change your lifestyle? Are you prepared to change your diet? If you are, then let's give it six months mm. or three months even. If you're not, then maybe we need to look at other, yeah. other you know, and, and they're never given this option. Um, and I think it's about time that we start, you know, changing it. So you'll go to your doctor and your doctor will say, okay, well, your cholesterol is this. Um, let's um, put you on cholesterol-lowering drugs, drugs as well as margarine. You must be eating margarine. So they're the two things and, and eat proactive. And proactive is a, is a margarine that they've added a plant sterile to. And we know that the latest ev evidence with plant sterols is that um, while they, they believe that plant sterols would help um, reduce heart disease, they actually say there's no, there's, there's no evidence of that. You know, this was a, a meta-analysis that was done. But what gets me is when you read proactive. Yeah. Okay? So proactive says it claims um, clinically proven to lower cholesterol absorption. Not cholesterol blood levels. Absorption. Cholesterol absorption. Now, remember in the beginning we said that the cholesterol that you consume has nothing to do with the cholesterol, <laughs> with in, the your cholesterol in your blood. Um, it all has to do with the way the body is reacting to what's happening. Beautiful, beautiful marketing. Beautiful marketing. You have, to, you have to give them praise for that. Cindy, yeah. if I was sitting here listening to us and I was on statin drugs because mm. I was told that this is a very important, you know, that, that I need it, it's important for my health and well-being... I'd be freaking out a little bit. What would you suggest I do? Oh, um, number one, um, in my report I actually go through all the things that people should do. But, but number one, I actually believe that um, you need to find yourself a doctor that will help you get off them, you know, that is into changing lifestyles. You know, it's interesting, just on that note, when I was studying all my aromatherapy and all my different diplomas 26 years ago one of the things that I was I learned was that in an Asian or an Eastern philosophy a doctor was paid when his clinic was empty mm. yes because he was doing his job mm. he's keeping the 
you, the more clients you had, the less you got paid because you weren't supporting the health of that nation or that, that environment, that community. And yet we're completely the other way around. They make more and more money the more they have people coming in. Do you think um, doctors know this? Do you think doctors work from a, a conscious um, awareness point of view where they actually really do want their people to be healthy? I do. I, uh, I do believe that they want that. But they're taught a philosophy and they're in an institution that is all about diagnosis and management. Remember, diagnosis means die, two people, agnosium, don't know, two people who don't know. So they work from a diagnosis and then they do a treatment. They're treating the mind because, as we'll talk about in other things, a lot of these drugs aren't even as good as the placebo effect. Mm. Well, it's, it's just it's right. funny you should say there. I just read this here about the placebo effect of the... Um, of the statin drugs, and he said something here. Um, 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 it was just about the fact that it causes a major amount of amnesia. Yes. And a lot of taking statin drugs, and a lot of these people on statin drugs are operating machinery or flying and things like that, and they're freaking out that they're forgetting, mm-hmm. so they're not telling their doctors. And yet, the placebo effect was there was an 80% increase in cognitive behaviour and reactions as opposed to the decrease with the with taking the drugs. But that's but they scary. Never pub- they never publish, pharmaceutical companies never actually publish the results of the people who didn't take the drug. They only ever publish the results of the people who did take the but drug. that's not a true... Well, we know that. We know that, and that common sense would suggest that they would publish those that information, but they actually don't. But then you have cardiologists on television telling you this otherwise well, because of that information. Well, the interesting thing, when I used to coach this doctor up in Noosa, and he was, you know, he's not in Australia anymore, so fortunately no one can come after him. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I will never reveal my sources. <laughs> we'll get it out of it. Um, but I, when I used to coach this doctor, um, he his whole thing was he wanted to find a public platform. He was in his 70s. He wanted to find a public platform to be able to tell humanity and society that that doctors, while they do everything they can with the best intentions, the way that they learn, they, they learn textbook and they learn institutionally. So they learn, um, you know, what the body does and how the body does in pieces. So they don't learn the body holistically. They learn the body in pieces and then they specialise. But what happens beyond that is that the doctors then become educated through the pharmaceutical companies because the doctors are in pursuit of growth and they're always wanting to learn something new. But their source of education other pharmaceutical companies because that's the way they get trained right from the very get-go is that the pharmaceutical companies will have the drugs to fix the um, society's ailments. So the pharmaceutical companies put on these massive big conferences and these huge big educationals and they fly the doctors all around the world and that's how the doctors get educated once they've finished their studies. So when they're out in the field and they're seeing their their client, uh, their patients, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you go into a doctor's surgery, I went recently actually with Matt, and when we went in there, the guy had little pens, little notepads, mm. all this marketing paraphernalia mm-hmm. from a host of different um, pharmaceutical companies. companies. Mm. And since doing all this work with you guys, I'm far more alert to that mm. stuff. So I'm sitting mm. in the office while Matt's talking to the, to the doctor, and... I'm just observing everything around his office and he's got little posters and he's, you know, got mm. all this marketing paraphernalia. And he actually had a pile of um, uh, contraceptive pills that were wrapped in a beautiful little bow type thing to make it pretty mm. and feminine that a pharmaceutical company had given him because the bow had the pharmaceutical company's branding all over it. And it was like a pack of 10, uh, you know, drugs. But the thing that I thought was really amazing is that um, their education, what this, this, this doctor was in was saying, was their education comes from the pharmaceutical companies. So they don't even know or question, much less even have the time. They don't have the time, yeah. Because we're becoming sicker and sicker and sicker. So they don't have the time to go into the research to find out whether this is true or not true or right or not right. Um, and then to go ahead and question the pharmaceutical company. They don't have the time to do that, probably not even the inclination to do it, which is where the whole system collapses. The whole philosophy of our our medical industry is flawed. 
And for a doctor to actually say to Howie, he's going to have, you know, he's a 40%, 40% chance of heart attack. Give me bloody strength. I know from a psychological perspective, you say somebody's going to be sick, they're going to be sick. Yeah. We will live into our diagnosis mm. because we have no other frame of reference of possibility. We will live into that diagnosis. And if Howie didn't have you or if Howie was a different kind of man, it's highly likely he would have had himself a heart attack mm. within the following week or mm. in the following month because we will replicate and live into what we're, what we're told we have and we trust our medical fraternity. You know, Dr. Carol Hungerford said that, mm. didn't she? Um, she said that today's nutritionists will become tomorrow's doctors. Well, what's that, what's that Socrates? He says, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Mm. Mm. Hippocrates, yeah. Was it Hippocrates? Hippocrates. Hippocrates. One of those atis. One of the atis. <laughs> so I think I interrupted you quite no, a while ago. No, that's fine. When I said to you, if I'm sitting here on statin drugs and I'm listening to this or mm. my wife's made me listen to this <laughs> because she's worried about me or, yeah. you know, you're caring about someone and you've asked them to listen to this podcast, mm. what would be... I think I interrupted you on point one. Sorry. That's all right. She you know, does that. <laughs> what, do I do that? No. No, never. No. Are you lying? We're like, little, we're like possums and headlights. We are. We just want more. So. Well, I, I actually think it's education. I think, number one, we, we have to educate ourselves. If you have a, a disease or a problem, then it, I actually believe you need to really look into what is happening out there. So I have a report that people can go to. They can watch the movie Staten Nation. They can read the books that are out there on um, on these medications, like the one you just talked about, oh, yeah. Kim, that was one. That, what was that? that? I, I haven't read that one. I've read a lot of them. Um, Staten Drug Side Effects and the Misguided War on Cholesterol by Dr. Dwayne Graveline. Is that how you'd say that? Graveline. Yeah, Graveline. I'll, I'll well, write these down and we'll put it yeah. at the end of the... Like report. I've read um, The Cholesterol Conspiracy, The Great Cholesterol Con, Overdose, The Great Cholesterol Lie, The Great Cholesterol Myth. Oh, shit, there's, there's a lot a, out There's there. heaps out there. Um, the, he- the Healthy Skeptic blog. You know, I read blogs. I read everything that I can because... It just blows you away what is happening out there. So there is a groundswell of, of people. These are medical doctors that are writing this. This is not mm. nobody else. How must medical doctors be that mm. have this awareness? Would you, uh, because it would uh, feel like your beautiful profession mm. was constantly being hammered. You know, if you came in with the right intention, I'm not saying all doctors don't have the right intention, but if you came in with an awareness to make a difference, non-pharmaceutical, I'd be very... But I think I think every doctor, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to think that a doctor would come into the profession with the intention of making causing money. more harm. I mean, no, isn't, it, isn't that the oath that they take? First, first do, do no, no harm. harm. That's Hippocrates' oath, first do no harm. And what's happening is that, you know, we, we have this little um, saying that we always say, if the drug... Um, has more side effects than what it's fixing, then stay away from it. Mm. And this does. You know, one of the, the, the real problems with this drug is over a period of time, dementia is yeah, the outcome with memory statin drugs. Yeah, dementia. memory loss and dementia. Um, and you've got to look at how much dementia and, and memory loss and Alzheimer's that we now have. <gasps> of course. As a res- is there a correlation? There is a correlation. Because You're saying cholesterol- so many people are going on to cholesterol-lowering drugs and dementia's on the rise. Yeah. Um, so there is a correlation, um, and and one of the things we do know is that the brain is made up of fifteen um, percent cholesterol. So if it's not sitting there, you're going to have cognitive problems. And and so I guess number one is become educated. Uh, number two, change your diet. Look at what you're eating, um, because if you're eating foods that is low fat and high in sugar, then your cholesterol is going to be high. Your triglycerides are definitely going to be high. Uh, and once you start to consume foods that do not bring your sugar levels up, because it's all got to do with sugar. And I, and I just, I loved a couple of weeks ago the Heart Foundation um, of Australia. So what happened was that Tasmania wants to get rid of um, uh, soft drinks out of schools. Nice. Yeah, because of the sugar levels. And the Heart Foundation came in with a little quote saying um, that they felt felt that was a really good idea. So for the Heart Foundation to put their little spoke in them, they must be realising that sugar is a real problem with heart disease. And that's not part of their criteria. So I found ticks of approval on foods that have 70% sugar in them. Wow. Yeah. So they've never ever had it as a criteria in their tick of approval that sugar should be low. 
they've always dismissed it. They've had fat, should be low in saturated fat, it should be, and, and trans fats now, whereas in 2007 they didn't put the trans fats in, so they've only just put that one in. So it should be low in fats, should be high in nutrition um, as opposed to the calories, should be low in calories, I think, high in fibre. They have five criteria. Nothing to do with it should be a real food, but everything to do with the, 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 the parts of the food. You know, so they're looking at the parts of the food rather than looking at the whole food. But I do notice that they've got ticks of approval on pecan nuts and eggs now, whereas they never used to do that. They have I looked at their ticks of approval on lean cuisine and cream cheese and margarine and foods that aren't even real. Yeah. But, of course, they had the criteria. So I actually put it up on Facebook and I asked, well, Half Foundation, are you going to change your criteria now? Are we going to change the whole sugar thing now, now that you realise that sugar is a problem? Yeah. Um, don't ever get any answers from them. Mm. They just stay quiet with me. So uh, <laughs> I, try, I try to say it nicely. They used to you. I really do try to say it nicely to them. But they, you're, you're the cholesterol. You're the cholesterol in the heart and in the in, in, their, their, in world. their yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I am the cholesterol in their world. I'm sure. I'm sure they don't like me. And David Gillespie, I think um, David gives them a, a, a few a few problems at times. But you know what's really interesting um, is that I was listening to some um, podcasts recently over in America, and insurance companies will give doctors um, money if. All of their patients have a cholesterol level that's at a certain level. Get out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I don't, look, I haven't researched this. I don't know if it's true, but I was just listening to a podcast and this medical doctor was saying, this is, this is the case. This is what it's like at the moment. These girls are looking at me stunned. I don't think we realise what's happening out there. No wonder you get so upset. Yeah, I, I do. I, I really go, what have we done? You know, I, I say that a lot to myself. What have Who we done? Who are we? Mm. Who are we that we... And what are we becoming? But you have to realise that well, there are different philosophies. So there's a philosophy that the, that the, the body is broke. It's mm. broken. It doesn't know how to do anything. So we'll give it the medications for the rest of your life. Like, I believe once you're in the medication realm, then you're there for the rest of your life unless you can break out. Because once you take cholesterol-lowering medications, you're going to have to take another medication because you've got pain in your muscles. You're going to have to take another one because you've got getting dementia. Then you're going to have to take another one for all the side effects of the medication rather than taking off the medications and saying, hey, perhaps let's look at our lifestyle and let's look at our, our diets and see what's happening. So what I did for people is that I wrote a bunch of questions to ask your doctor. So if if they say to you, look, your cholesterol's at this um, amount and it's it could be anything above 6.19, okay? So this is the Australian number. If it's the American number, it's above 200. So Americans and Australians have very different um, numbering system. One's millimoles per litre and the other one is um, milligrams per deciliter. So what I did was I thought, well, if your doctor really knows what he's doing, then he should know the answers to these questions. So my first question is, is high cholesterol an indication of total health, not just what they believe, heart health. What about total health? Another question is, if I take these cholesterol-lowering tablets, will I live longer or will it just bring my cholesterol down? Mm. And I like this one, you know, ask your doctor whether they would take the medications. Mm. Um, I've asked this question of doctors occasionally, would my diet help? And often they'll go, well, it could. But that's the answer I get. Well, yeah, it could, of course, you know. They don't know. But I look at it this way. I go, and I asked a 19-year-old boy this the other day. I went... Because he was eating junk, he had um, uh, um, what's the uh, what's that disease they all get when they they study too hard and they're too young? I mean, they they eat crap. Every kid gets it, just about. Um, I can't remember. Everyone will be saying it's this Cindy, it's this Cindy. And we're sitting here looking at you going, yeah, Come yeah. On, it's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, on the tip of my tongue. Like, oh, glandular like, fever. Sounds like glandular fever. Got it. Oh, is that why I got glandular fever when I was young? Yeah, like lots, lots of young people, people get it because yeah. they're tired, they don't eat well, they're studying hard, they're playing hard, they're not sleeping, they're doing everything they shouldn't be doing, and so they get glandular fever. So I said to him, I, I, I said, Did you ask your doctor who you went to whether diet would help and and he he just said well he didn't say anything about diet i said well think about it this way if you put crap into your body what do you think you're going to get out of your body yeah mm. absolutely he, and he goes crap i went exactly but a lot of people young people 
don't even understand that a Coke or, a, or they even look at Diet Coke as healthy because you get nutritionists, or sorry, a dietitian in New Zealand who shall remain nameless, um, one of the top television dietitians in the country is on a double spread magazine saying diet, you get more calcium from a glass of Diet Coke than you do a glass of milk. Remember, I showed it to yes, you? Yes, I couldn't believe it when you showed it to me. I just about, I just thought, So oh. when you've got that happening and you've got kids, you know, young kids, and their mothers are going, well, <clears throat> Diet Coke is better than normal Coke, but they're, they're growing up in a realm of fast food and modern foods and all these things that they actually think they're healthy. Mm. They actually think, or they, they probably don't think they're that bad. Mm. But so how do you re-educate? Like, they might not even realise they're eating badly. Do you know what? I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, you know what? We've been we've been flirting with doing a TV show for a while. It's got to happen. <laughs> oh no, you're <laughs> it's, right. It's, it's absolutely got to happen because we've got because the the, the transformation for humanity is going to occur in the lounge room. It's going to occur in the lounge room where people get educated. Because if we knew better, we would do better. Exactly. And if we've got the opportunity to be educated, then it's going to be up to us to educate our doctors One question, and our pharmaceutical Kevin. companies, and we're going to smack them in the chops in the hip pocket at the cash One register. Question. One question, Keza. Yes, darling. No one's going to sponsor it. <laughs> I think we might need to go to the ABC or the BBC. Ones with the money are the pharmaceutical companies sponsoring these. Things. Do you know that's why these documentaries are now out? Mm. Yeah. Is that people are doing documentaries because it's freedom of speech? A documentary, yeah. And and I, I actually believe it's the way to go because breakfast cereal and drug companies, which are the two things that cause heart disease, like are, are, are the promoters of heart disease, especially the statin drugs and and a lot of other things that they do. They're the ones that pay for all of our television shows. You just have to watch the advertising and marketing. But let me give you this. We we were offered 12 years ago a television show. It was going to be called Like Chocolate for Women. It was a lifestyle television program. We were so excited. I hounded TVNZ for six months until finally she turned around. She goes, we've got a slot. It's Saturday morning. Come in. And we were beside ourselves. Like finally we'd nailed it. We went into TVNZ. We sat there with the beautiful um, head of, of, of programming. And I just said to her, I said, oh, good, good, good. And, and she goes, and we've got the sponsor. We had tw- uh, 12 episodes all sponsored. And I said, who's the sponsor? Can I say it? Yeah, yeah go for it. It was, yeah. it was L'Oreal, right? Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. no. And so I sat there and I went, oh, and, and Fleur and I, our faces just dropped. Oh, God. <laughs> and we went, we can't do it. And she goes, what do you mean you can't do it? Like, she'd been pitching for us for so long, bless her heart, finally got the sponsor. But we knew we'd have our lips zipped. But why would L'Oreal even want to sponsor you? Because it was, our book was selling really well. We were seen as health advocates. They saw it as a wonderful beauty. We were talking beauty. about oh, beauty. Yeah, right. beauty. So you didn't um, have your skincare range then? No. Okay, but, got it. No. They obviously hadn't researched you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I can't believe. But we yeah. said no. Now, she said to us we were making the biggest mistake of our lives. And, look, it would have launched Fleur and I. I actually think doing a TV show would have been the absolute epitome as far as launching who we were and what yeah, we were about. Yeah, but you've got to do it but with integrity. We, we couldn't can. do it. We t- she said, "She said, I cannot believe you're turning this down. We turned it down. Yeah. you got to do it with integrity. Um, and if I you're being paid by companies well, like that... I mean, what's the point of doing it? I mean, if your whole, your whole objective... That's right. That's exactly right. And your whole objective is to make the world a better place because you were here. And that flies in the face like it's an absolute contradiction and incongruence. You could never have done that and slept at night. No, I couldn't. No. And that's why we said no. And we said no there and then. We didn't yeah. even, she didn't she said, go away and think about it. We went, we are. We can't. But the other thing I'd say is Please. all those those beautiful documentaries you're talking about, you know, they're not shown on television. No. You never see them. They don't. They don't so, make it to actual mainstream mm-hmm. TV. So I'm thinking it's not a television show we have to do, girls. It's it's actually documentaries and, and information. And, and I'd ask our listeners, you know, what is it that you think could help us get the message out there? Because three of us are incredibly passionate about this. We want people to get the information. I absolutely soak up those documentaries because I feel there's truth behind them. Because but there's not... so many of them out there, though, Kim, that don't actually make it that people don't know. Like, they don't know that they're there. We only know about them because Cindy finds them and she tells us about them or we know we stumble across them. But there's, like, thousands of them that we don't know are there. We need to be a hub. Well, there's the possibility of that, too. Actually, that's not a silly idea. Mm. Is For us to get documentaries that we... Um, 
we think are good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and people then can purchase them off yeah, us. Yeah, become distributors of well, them. We can become so. distributors of them. And, and up yeah. for a chat. We are up for conversations all the time yeah. about these. And it's about education and information. But I love the fact that... It's not that, a bad idea. Yeah. I love the fact that we pursue this. So a lot of our listeners may not have the time or the inclination, but they love the information. So... I think we make a stand here and now. We actually will support Because ourselves. I think somebody has to. Yeah. You know, the more we're doing these, the more I'm starting to, you know, my whole perception on what I'm here to do, my whole perception on my life and my job and my purpose has shifted, ex- like, dramatically since doing this work with you girls. Mm-hmm. And Same. I look at it now and I think, you know... I can't sleep at night knowing that there is this lack of education in the family home. I can't sleep at night knowing that we have everything that we've ever wanted, but we just don't know where to find it. And I think, you know, I've I've pitched the show to Foxtel and they're interested in it. So I think that there's an opportunity there to create something really amazing that does go into the lounge rooms as well as being this distribution hub of this, these amazing documentaries that are so incredibly well-researched. Because I think it's time for us to take back responsibility. It's time for us to take back our power, mm-hmm. which we've relinquished willingly, thinking that as the masses, the others know better. And it's the other that is acting on behalf of humanity and making decisions on behalf of humanity, which ultimately then boils down to affecting us. Absolutely. But in a detrimental way, mm. because we've relinquished our own participation in the quality of our own lives in so many different ways. We've relinquished our participation. And then I think this cholesterol uh, epidemic is a, a classic, classic example mm. of what's going on. Well, what, you know, what's interesting is that why do we have high cholesterol? You know, there are people that have different ones. And we've talked about that it could be high because um, you have a stress in your life or you have inflammation. Yeah. So what I did was I've just written down some things that if you're if it is high, then maybe you need to address these. So wow, one this of, is going to be good. Yeah, one of the things that we, we know with um, high cholesterol um, levels is it could be leptin resistance. Now, we've talked about leptin resistance before. This is when you're overweight and your body has become resistant to the master hormone that tells the body what to do. So all of a sudden we're losing control of our body because your body thinks it's starving. It shuts down mechanisms and you're stressed, so it will increase your cholesterol. So that's one thing. So number one is that the best way to become leptin resistance and understand the foods that inflame your body is to do the four-phase fat elimination protocol or the hunter-gatherer elimination. So just... That way you can lose the weight quickly um, and start to get leptin sensitivity. So that's number one. Could be a thyroid issue as well. And, you know, Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease, is an autoimmune diseases are huge at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was listening um, to a lecture yesterday and it used to be 55 diseases were associated, um, autoimmune diseases were associated with gluten. It's now over the 200 mm-hmm. that's related to gluten. Um, and why? That's another topic. But let me just, you know, give them briefs at the moment. The other thing with thyroid is that we're drinking water that has fluoride in it and chlorine in it. Now, fluoride and chlorine on the periodic table, if I'm keeping everybody with me, are halogens like iodine. Iodine is required by the thyroid to make T1, T2, T3, T4, you know, calcitonin. It's there to make our, our thyroid hormones. If fluoride and chlorine are in our water supply and attacking the receptor sites, then iodine can't get in there and we can't make our thyroid stimulating, I mean our thyroid hormones, not um, TSH because the brain makes TSH. So that could be another thing. If you have an infection or you've got a cold or um, you've cut your leg or something like that. A compromised immune system. A compromised immune system. Your LDL levels will rise um, with infection. So LDL is the bad one. So if it rises, they all go, ooh, LDL's bad. And and I say bad because that's what they say. That's not what I say. Mm. To me, LDL is needed. Mm. You know, and the other thing about LDLs, do you know that there are seven different LDLs in the body? Um, some are big and fluffy, some are small. Um, they're all different. Yeah, big and fluffy. You'd probably like. <laughs> so these are particle sizes of the LDLs. So one of my questions to your doctor is, well, did you test my particle size? Because my big fluffy ones are really important to me. You know, so yeah. we, we, this is this is the whole thing. So that's infection. Could be They'd inflammation. Probably want to put you on um, nutty drugs. 
Yeah. You're going nutty. Oh, I like my fluffy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, she's loot. Yeah, she's loot. We need to put her on everything. Uh, and so or it could be infl- inflammation. So after surgery, and sometimes we take blood readings after surgery. So we need um, our LDLs um, after surgery to heal. Uh, could be an iron and copper deficiency, um, and that's related to thyroid conditions. So... Uh, there's so many other things. And then there's the gene that we've found that gives high cholesterol levels. So I have listened to one specialist say, this may be a time that you need to look at statin drugs. This is the only other case that I've known that he believes that this might be a group that needs to look at statin drugs. But he then says, but then you have to look at the side effects of mm-hmm. the statin drugs over having high cholesterol. Um, and then listening to another doctor who I really um, love listening to him, he says he believes we can even get people that have a genetic um, predisposition. And, you know, you said that your friend, Karen, Mm -hmm. had a cholesterol reading of 11. Mm -hmm. You would assume that he has a genetic Mm -hmm. um, uh, predisposition to that, which is, you know, um, hypercholesteremia or familiar hypercholesteremia, but he was able to pull his down. Yeah. So I would still, even with that, I would still look at diet, but don't look at traditional diets, which is low fat and high in sugar, Mm. because that will put it up. And Mm. that's the part that where humanity is, or or people are educated. Mm. Yeah. Do the low fat, no fat, high sugar. Margarine. Margarine diet. Yeah. But we don't know that it's high sugar. We just know that it's low fat. Yeah, because it's high in sugar because it's low in fat. Those margarines lower cholesterol. Absorption. My mother-in-law is a highly intelligent woman. I was just over in New Zealand just recently, and she pulls out of the fridge this margarine, and I've just gone, "Oh my God, Sandy, what? What is that?" (laughs) And she's gone, "Oh, honey, my cholesterol is just playing havoc with me at the moment. The doctor recommended this, and it helps. These are her words. It helps lower my cholesterol. I just, I don't know what to say." I just thought she's a highly intelligent, so it's not like we're. Why did you idiots. give her my report, darling? I did. Just, I just have. Give I've her my report. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and I've told, but then I've told people to listen to the podcast. I've told people yeah. to do this, but they, it becomes overwhelming. And what I've noticed, because the minute you start talking about cholesterol and the problems with cholesterol and margarines and the side effects and all this sort of thing, then they go, oh, shivers, now what? And then you say, well, then that can lead to type 1 diabetes, which means you've got to look at your carbohydrates and where you're eating and all processed foods. And then they go, well, what's a processed food? Like, I can see why people go, oh, Jesus, this is just too hard. It's just too hard. Yeah. Well, well, because what... we've, we've been confused, that's why. And it's got to be one step at a time. You know, I'm in the process of readjusting my lifestyle based on you know the work that you guys are doing with me but it is it's got to be one step at a time because it is overwhelming and it is confusing when your whole diet and the way that you've thought was right um it's it's just one step it's just one step at a time but i think you gave some amazing advice once cindy in that you just said start a food diary and start to actually notice what you're eating yes and i think that's a really big thing because if we don't pay attention we do pay with pain Mm -hmm. and i think that um if we can pay attention to what we're actually eating and then once we can see it in front of us then we've got the ability to make some choices so the food diary has been amazing because it is to, it's a minefield. And even then, once you start eating natural foods, even then there's still things that you've still got to fine-tune and adjust, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think it is. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I know what I know. But it, it's definitely a big mm-hmm. shift and it's, you know. But, but I even go back to then, I go... Read Cindy's book, Changing Habits, Changing Lives. Changing one habit at a time. Yeah. One habit at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And to me, it's it's very basic. It's it's to get you off the Australian sad diet, the yeah, standard yeah. Australian diet. It's to get you off that. Or if for our other listeners, it could be the standard American diet or yeah. the standard UK diet or the standard the Kiwi standard UK diet. The UK diet would be the sucked. The sucked. <laughs> it's almost like... Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of that French designer. What is it? Oh, the FCUK. 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 The FCUK. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Step. Oh, you did say that. But I didn't say it. Say it. She spelt it. Said it. Let's hope that the children out there can't spell. Yeah. That are listening to this podcast. Moving right along now. Quickly changing. But but can I just ask you both these? I get overwhelmed sometimes. Like I'm a little bit. We talked about cholesterol all before, and I'm sitting here. I, I'm actually freaked out about, you know, my, my parents have been suggested to go on these. My, my, my beautiful mother-in-law is on these drugs. And 
it's just you said it on another podcast it's like once you enter the medical world it's very hard to get out but what i'm saying is i've been told that it's often through pain and karen you said this it's through pain we do our greatest lessons we do our greatest learnings and sometimes if you're prepared to do this if you are prepared if you are thinking i've had enough there's going to be a bit of pain to get through this because it's hard work or it's I mean, I find it enlightening, but it is also very, you know, I, I have to, who do I ask? Where do I go? And how do I do this? How do I change my diet? It is, it, it's not going to happen just by going, oh, I wish it could be better. You actually do have to put in the effort. You, you do have to put in the effort, but if you're in crisis. You do whatever it you takes. You do whatever it takes. You know, sick people have one wish. Healthy normal. people have many wishes. So a sick person will go the extra mile. Like, you know, when yeah, we did Awaken the Change Within, well, remember we did Awaken the Change Within, and we had quite a few people just join up at the last minute. Now, it wasn't a cheap seminar to go to, but they knew that they would mm. get the help that they needed mm. in order to change their life. And mm. one gentleman in, in particular, you know, he, he said that, you know, a sick person basically has... Um, one wish whereas a healthy person has many and his wish at that point because he wasn't well Mm. was to come and learn about how do I get healthy Mm. and he has a corporation which has 1100 people in it wait to hear this guys and what he's done is he in my newsletter he's in his newsletter he's put my chicken soup in there he has 500 staff that are being fed by by kitchens they now every day have chicken broth soup Wow! Yeah, yeah. He's uh, how awesome! How awesome is that? Awesome that? That's the ripple effect. That is, you know, mm. that's was he came to get well. That's the shizzle. And now he's, it is, and now he's really excited. And um, his wife actually texted me or, or rang me. She was so excited. She said, "You're not going to believe this, Cindy. You've just it's that the, the awaken the change just changed." Him, he, he's now wanting to help his his you know everybody who works for him as well as himself. So and our listeners, if you are keen, we do have another Awaken the Change Within weekend retreat coming up on the Sunshine Coast at the end of August. Um, so get we'll, we'll maybe put that at the end of here as well. If you want, if you're interested in coming along, this is the sort of ripple effect it's having mm. when people get the opportunity to hear this information. But this is our weekend one, which is not the five day intensive. No, it's a lead into it's that. a it's a lead into it, and it's um what what's the price of it? I don't even know. It's five hundred and ninety seven dollars um for a standard ticket, mm. and that's two and a half days. So it's the Friday night, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. Mm. And um, if you wanted to come VIP, where you get some extra bonuses as well as sitting at the front of the room um, and extra bonus gifts, it's seven ninety seven, And that includes a private dinner with the three of us on the Saturday night. Mm. So there are only 20 tickets available for VIP, just like the last one that we ran. Um, and the private dinner is being held somewhere absolutely fabulous. We're in the process of getting it confirmed right now. It's going to be gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> oh it's going to be gorgeous. But it's, that's the best part because it's private with us and it's an extra hour and a half to two hours with us, um, a fo- very focused mm. attention. And so. August is the most beautiful time here on the Sunshine Coast. Oh, oh yeah. And you can stunning. fly straight into the Maroochydore Airport if you're, you know, what anywhere in the world. <laughs> I will look it up for you. Yeah. I think look, look at the dates of August. Yeah, While you're looking the up the dates, um, I do want to – actually – are you almost there? Because I want to get into a little bit more about cholesterol, just so people know mm. that it's time that they, if they are on statin drugs or they're being told they have high cholesterol, where they need to go. It's the 30th of August, 31st of August and 1st of September. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and we are nearly at the end of the podcast, so we need to get through oh, this. Because I really, I think okay. getting back to cholesterol... Um, I think it's really important that the people that are listening to this get some more solid... Yeah. Well, I just want to um, let you know the importance of cholesterol in that there is a genetic disorder and it's called um, SLOS, which stands for Smith-Liminal-Optus Syndrome. You know, it's one of those confusing ones. And it's where the body cannot manufacture um, cholesterol. Uh, most conceptions where the baby has SLOS are, are spontaneously aborted, but if they do survive in rare cases, they have facial and skeletal abnormalities, mental retardation, autism, hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, visual dysfunction, endocrine dysfunction, and then serious self-aggression and violent behaviour. So cholesterol is important. Wow. It is really important. And it, I, I just think that it's time for people to realise that do, they're do, going on the statin drugs... Um, is probably not their first 
line of choice, their first option. They and, should and be very looking quickly, at other ones. Can other drugs? I'm just interrupting you a little bit. Can other drugs like ADD and ADHD medications? Can that have an effect on cholesterol? Do that? Do we know if that can? Well, all these medications have side effects. Mm. People need to read the side effects of them. And um, you know, Ritalin and Dexamphetamine, which are for ADD and ADHD, are two medications that have shown um, suicidal tendencies, uh, as well as um, violent behaviour. So many of the violent um, acts against school school classrooms, um, all of the, the the violent acts that we now see. The people have either been on these medications or had just coming off these medications. So, you know, is it is it um, am I just, you know, saying that that's the case, but that's what we're seeing now is that these kids that are doing these violent acts have actually been on them. And the likelihood if you are on those medications of having to have um, antidepressants as you grow up or using illicit drugs and the need for illicit drugs is far greater if you've been on those medications as a young person. So does it affect cholesterol? I'm sure it affects every biochemical um, reaction that's happening in the body. You know, once you start to start playing around with the biochemistry of the body, it's like a, a ripple effect. It just keeps playing around with everything. So the, 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 we know that food should be our medicine. It's just that we've forgotten that and we believe that we're broken and we should be taking drugs. And when cholesterol goes up, instead of saying, well, what could be the ramifications of me taking these medications or why is my cholesterol up? Is it just, um, it's just an indicator. It's not even a disease and we're taking a medication for an indicator, which is crazy. Have you ever had your cholesterol tested? Um, I did as a a 20-year-old. I had it and it was like three um, and oh, 2.9, I think it was. But I was a vegetarian at that stage. And um, and, I, and I'm not saying um, vegetarianism is for everybody, but it does help. There, you know, there are diets out there for everybody, vegetarian, veganism, paleo, um, what, whatever. It depends on where you sit on the realm. And w- what I love about the, the four-phase fat elimination protocol that, I, that we do is that it allows your body to know what is right for it, what works for you, what is the best thing for it, rather than you being told by a test or a... Yeah. You know, we are smart. We are beyond... Um, people don't realise how smart their bodies are. Listen to your bodies, what foods are good. Like the food diary will tell you. Yeah. Gosh, I ate that yesterday. I feel like crap today. Mm. Instead of going, I feel like crap today, take a drug. Yeah. And that's what we, we do. Remembering that there are times for medication. There are times for medication, but it's not the way they're being dished out today. Mm. That's the way I feel about the the whole cholesterol and statin um, uh, medication at the moment. So at the end of my report, I do have a list of things that people can do. And it's step by step, bit by bit, one thing at a time, not trying to um, do everything. But number one, the best thing you can do is to start getting your sugar levels nice and even, start putting fat into your diet because you know coconut oil will not raise your sugar levels, has will not create HDL and LDL problems or cholesterol problems or cause heart disease. And yet coconut oil is a complete saturated fat. So just just on that, I know that we're finishing up here. Just on that, though, I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day, and she was actually suggesting, or she said that she'd read a report that said the coconut oil um, was not good because it, it raised cholesterol. No. No, there's, there's no indication that that, that does that. Um, and that's the fallacy that we have, is that cholesterol raises cholesterol and saturated fats raise cholesterol. Mm. But we now know it's actually the sugar in the diet and and not all sugars you know like i'm talking about the foods that raise your your um your blood glucose fast wheat is one of them mm. ref- and, and that's whole grain and refined and like I, i've often said before that's another whole podcast uh, what we're learning about that um, but foods that raise your glycemic index well foods that have a high glycemic index are one of the that are the problem if you eat saturated fat or even egg it doesn't raise your sugar levels, therefore it doesn't cause insulin resistance, therefore it doesn't cause a rise in triglycerides, therefore it doesn't cause high cholesterol, therefore it doesn't cause visceral fat. Mm. See, it, it's a cascade of problems that happens and, and we've been looking at the fat issue and then fat isn't the issue, it's the sugar that's the issue or the foods that raise your sugar levels mm. that are the issue. Mm. And I, I just want to finish up by saying, you know, 
we, we focus so much on the illnesses and things that we have. Mm. But and, I, and I've just finally found the quote, but I think sometimes look at our illness as an opportunity as well. So And listen to Hippocrates. A wise man should consider that health is the greatest of human blessings and learn how by his own thought to derive benefit from his illnesses. Oh, how beautiful. Ah. Mm. So I think, you know, if you've got some of these indicators or these issues, don't go, oh, my gosh, <laughs> life's over. It's like here's an opportunity. An opportunity for change. Yeah. Mm. And, and don't see it as a death sentence, but see it as an opportunity for change. Because if you change one thing, yeah. yeah. If you change one thing, um, especially if it's a good habit, mm. then change the next and the next and the next. Then cumulatively, they become great changes in your life and for your mental health as well, which, mm. is, which is a wonderful thing. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we hope that this podcast has been fascinating for you, or well, as fascinating for you as it has been for us. It certainly raised a lot of questions, and it certainly put the ball back into our court in terms of what are we all con- doing to contribute to the health and well-being of ourselves, our families, and each other. I think it's, I think it's just an amazing conversation. Mm. So join us next week on Up for a Chat and um, become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the Rhine. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill from That Paleo Show here. Would you like to dedicate 10 hours to yourself to get your nutrition, your exercise, and your mindset all on track? Would you like to do it with the wellness guys, the Up For A Chat girls, and over 500 other wellness enthusiasts? Then you have to join us Saturday, August the 17th at Crown Melbourne for our next wellness summit. We'd love to see you there. For great group discounts and to secure your spot, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com.